Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Welcome, Rory. Hey, Paul. It is great to be here. Thanks for having me back. I'm so glad that to be back. I uh, love these series of podcasts about coaching and how to improve potential. It's making me excited about coaching. So I, you, how did you get excited about coaching from the beginning? You didn't have a podcast. I, I didn't have a podcast, and I really fell into coaching by almost mistake. Uh, I was doing sales training. And I recognized the sales training wasn't working because the managers didn't know how to coach people to be successful mm. at selling. And so what I did then is I changed the contract I had with my clients and I said, we're going to do two things now. I'm going to train employees how to sell. But what I really want to do is spend you know, a long time working with managers to help them coach people to sell better. And when I did that, that was the magic formula. And once I hit the magic formula, then I go, this, this is it. Uh, but it took a number of years to find that magic formula. But you've got to coach managers on how to uh, coach effectively, how to how to how to how to keep how to teach people to sell, and they've got to coach them to do that. And if and what you learned was that if you could teach them to coach, then you can teach them to sell, to provide customer service, to do whatever, right? It, it, yeah, it, it opens the floodgates for everything at that point. That's exciting. But, but managers need to know how to coach and. And, and also, managers needed to know that it, you didn't have to know everything about teaching sales training to do that, that you could ask questions and people become more self-aware. And uh, one of the things that we do with a, a client is I always ask them, what's your success story this month? Because uh, I typically do you know, follow-up phone calls with, with all the employees. And I ask them the question, you know, what's your most successful uh, sales story this month? And, and the amazing thing is through the process is when we first start out, they tell stories about basically service stories. You know, the person came up to the door at 4.58, and I had let them in, and I helped mm. them close an account. Well, right. you know, that's not what we want them to do. But then, you know, over time, you know, you never criticize the employee for that great job. And then you also say, and what would have made that even better? So they start to think about that process of how to improve. And so then, you know, then as I've worked with this client for a number of years, the stories have gotten better, you know, to the point now where they had a, 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 a member come in. Uh, they wanted, she wanted to buy a car. It was out in the parking lot. It was too expensive. The employee didn't let that no be a no. They said, well, you know, uh, you know, do your parents have a car? And would your mom be interested in that car since it's a newer model? And then you could maybe buy your parents' car. And, you know, the, it was like the light bulb went off and the, and the member said, yeah, that's a great idea. Let me call my mom. Mom did buy the car in the parking lot. Daughter bought the car from mom. They got now two loans, what would have been mm -hmm. zero before. And then dad and they're was happier. Oh, they're happier. And dad was so excited. He came in, refinanced his truck, got <laughs> saved money, and then liked it so much he went out and bought a new truck. And so what would have been a no turned into four. So now that's a great success story. So I, I love that process. So uh, now uh, we're going to talk about this time this six points of believing. The right thing for success. Exactly. And, and I just want to warn everybody, last time, Rory, you told us you're going to tell us six things, but you ended up telling us about maybe eight or nine. <laughs> so you're getting extra <laughs> stuff, folks, for how much you're paying. So you say you're going to tell us six, right. but there may be more. Well, you got to always. You're guaranteeing at least six. Exactly. Not, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and you got to recognize, we got to recognize under promise. Overperform. That's right. You know, over deliver. Now, so, where are these concepts from? Uh, this is actually from Ferdinand Fornes. He wrote a book, Coaching for Improved Work Performance 
It's an excellent book. I love it. He wrote it a number of years ago, and uh, I've got all these markings in it. I've just wore it out. But he's got the Believe in the Right Things for Success as Managers. And I think this is important for managers. If you want to coach effectively, you've got to have this these kinds of mindsets. And so uh, I was just going to talk about point number one, and I'm actually going to read this chapter, so please bear with me. But he says, accept the idea that management function is getting things done through others. Accept the idea that you need them more than they need you. Recognize that the rewards and punishments you get as a manager are not based on what you do, but what, on, but what your employees do. Your employees are your scorecard. No matter your style or skill or knowledge, their success or failure reflects upon you. If all the proceeding is true, then you will recognize the only reason for being there as a manager is for you to do everything possible to help your employees to be as successful as they can be. The last thing you should do before firing someone is to look yourself in the mirror and say, you failed. Then tell your employee you're fired. Because the key is, it, their success or failure is yours. Mm -hmm. and, and I think this is such an incredibly powerful concept because managers think they get paid because they just get, you know, they get the title or something like that. No, no, no. It is your ability to inspire and motivate other people, and coaching can be a great tool to do that, and that's the foundation. But it, you're, you're measured because what, you, what your folks perform, how they perform, what results you get, that's your value as a manager. It seems that you'd be a much better coach and manager just owning that, just, just that having that concept every day you walked into the office. Right. You're going to do a better job regardless of anything else. Right. I had a, I had a manager recently uh, w when I was working with a, a client, and we had a number of managers on the phone. And, uh, you know, the manager says, you know, I really want employees that, that get the job done without me having to intervene a lot. <laughs> and I'm like, wouldn't we all? Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> you know, you should go to Disneyland because that's where you want to be. You want to be in La La Land. Mm -hmm. uh, your job as a manager is to coach imperfect human beings to improve their skills through knowledge and ability. You need to create awareness and responsibility so they improve. That's your job. And so, uh, trust me, uh, we are still working with that manager, trying to get him to that point of, of understanding that. But uh, he's living in la-la land, and, and I don't want you, as folks who listen to this podcast, to be living in la-la land. Okay, next concept. So, recognize that management is a series of interventions, things you do, and the way you behave. Your behavior as interventions are the greatest influence over your employees in the work environment. So I'm going to go on and talk a little bit about this. All of your behaviors on the job is interpreted by your employees as either for them or against them. I, I love that concept because, you know, employees are watching managers all the time. Mm -hmm. And they either see their behavior as something that's going to help that employee or it's going to take something away from them because we're always we're either going towards something or the fear of losing something. Those are our basic human motivations. Mm -hmm. And so when a manager interacts and they have power over us, uh, if either giving us raises or days off or you know vacation time or letting us you know visit our kids when we want to, uh, you know everything they do we interpret. And so as a manager, you've got to recognize that everything you do is interpreted by your employees a certain way. And so I just think that's such an important key. Um, and if you don't, and then he puts this last quote, he says, if you don't know what to do, find out before you act. If you are doing something wrong, stop doing it. And I think that's the important key is, you know, 
what the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and hoping for a different result. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Was it? It says Einstein may have said that or somebody, <laughs> but that that truly. I mean, he, he's hitting point. on that concept exactly. Stop doing something that doesn't work. Right. Absolutely right. And and the third point here is stop being an amateur psychologist. And a lot of people confuse coaching with psychology. And what a psychologist does or a psychiatrist does is take somebody from an abnormal state and takes okay. them to a normal state. Uh, you, know, you, you know, if you've ever gone to a psychologist, and I have, and I say, oh, my God, my God you needed problems or whatever, mm-hmm. you go talk to them. Uh, and then, you know, they bring you out of it. Uh, and then you get to a normal state. Uh, well, the same thing with with you know, other, uh, other folks, you know, a psychologist takes them from an abnormal state, problems, to a solution. A coach doesn't do that. A coach takes someone from a normal state and improves their performance. Mm. And so there's two complete distinctions between a coach and a psychologist. So don't, you know, don't ask them questions about how does this make you feel and all of that. Uh, you know, can you ask that? Yes. Do you, do you focus on that? No. That should not be your repetitive question. That should not be your repetitive focus. So those are the top three, and we'll do three more in just a few moments. Okay. We'll go ahead and take a break for Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland, and we'll be back with more. Stay tuned. Rory on the power of goals and leadership. He says, the best boss I ever had was Ewing Kaufman. And I said, why? And he says, Ewing Kaufman was so good at firing up a group. He gave great presentations and he could fire us up. And so he had a presentation one day where he had all the sales team. And he said, you know, we've got to go out and beat last year's goals. We've got to really get after it. And he had them all fired up. They could just run through walls for Ewing Kaufman. And they were all fired up. And he says, right now, reach in your pocket and get your business card out. And he says, in that business card, what I want you to do is I want you to write down on that business card how much you're going to beat your quota by. So he said they were so fired up, people just wrote incredible numbers. And they all started to walk out. But Ewing Kaufman beat him to the back door. And while he was there, he held his hand out. Give me that card. Exactly right. Give me that card. He collected all the cards. What do you think he did? Every month, he monitored their sales. I said, what was the result? He said, the results were pretty simple. He challenged me to be the best I'd ever been in my entire life. I had the most sales that year I'd ever had. And for the company, we had the most sales ever. See the power of leadership? For more information on booking Rory for speaking or coaching, please visit RoryRoland.com. And welcome back to Coaching for Potential with Rory Roland. We're discussing believing the right thing for success. Absolutely. And you've gone through three of them. Really, you've given us more concepts, but you have three more. Absolutely. These And these are great concepts from Coaching for Improved Work Performance by Ferdinand Fornes. Uh, he's written a great book here. And, and point number four is excellent. He says, when you employ people, you are not buying people or their minds or their values. You're only renting their behavior. As a manager, your job is not to change people, but to manage and change their behavior in your restricted environment, mm. your lifeboat. As a good first step, a good first step would be to rewrite your job descriptions to list the behaviors that you are renting. And I just think that's a great uh, perspective is to, you know, you're just trying to modify their behaviors. And so most managers don't see it that way. And I just love the way he says it. It's so blunt. It's just so crisp. It's just... 
You're, you're just getting their behaviors. You, you, want, you want them to take this stack of cups, put it in a box, and seal the box and ship it. Mm-hmm. Put the cups in the box, seal the box, ship it. That's the behavior you want. Now, if they get into a fight with another employee, that's not the behavior you want. Uh, so you've got to work with those behaviors and, and to get where you want to go. That, that makes a lot of sense. It puts a lot of less of pressure on a coach. Right. They don't have to worry about everything else. They just have to improve their behavior. Right. You don't want to try to fix their life or their family right. life and all that. And, you know, do those things impact performance, impact behavior? Yes. But that's where you, you get them to a psychologist. You get outside resources. You take them to HR. You know, if, if their job is, perf- is, is impacting that. But you're, you're renting their behaviors, and mm-hmm. that's what you want to do is, is to recognize Very that. Very good. And then bullet point number five is about alternatives. Don't interpret the things your people do in view of the alternatives you see available to them. Interpret what they do in terms of the alternatives they see available to themselves. They don't see your alternatives, only their own. Find out what alternatives they saw and ask why they selected those alternatives they did. And, and I think that is absolutely brilliant because as a manager, so often we see a behavior of an employee and there were so many ways to do that. But guess what? Most of the time we have more skill sets, we have more training, we have more education. Mm-hmm. So we see a whole host of alternatives. It's almost like, you know, as, as you move up chess masters and a chess master would see a whole host of advantages or ways to deal with a chess problem. Whereas a brand new beginner would only see a few moves available to them and wouldn't see the problems they'd get themselves in by moving this. Whereas a chess master could see three, four, five, nine, 12 moves down the road. And I think that's just an important key uh, to see. How do they see their alternatives themselves and what alternatives they see available to them? And our, and our job as a coach is to then, when, when a problem arises, to say, okay, this happened. What, what are your alternatives available to you? And they say, well, I had this and this and this. Have you ever thought about this? And there might, you might see this aha moment like, you mean I can do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could do that. You know, when you see that situation again, ask me what what's available to you to deal with that. And I think that's an important key. That ties back to the the responsibility of the first point mm-hmm. that I need to give these people the alternative so they understand what to do. Mm-hmm. If they don't have them, I, I can't get too mad at them. Right. I guess if they if they didn't see this was available to them, you know, well, I didn't know I could get that bucket. You know, I didn't I didn't know I could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's how you give direction to. Um, you know, if you, if you had, a, let's say you had a situation and you needed to fix a, a light bulb really fast because you've got a deadline for production and you say to people, you know, go find a ladder. Well, you didn't pick anybody out of the group to go find the ladder. But if you say to, to Jim, uh, I need a ladder. And then, you know, Jim says, I'll find one. Guess what? Jim's commitment is much different than the, the, the suggestion True. you had earlier. So it's just like in an, in an emergency, they say, you know, don't tell somebody in the group to call 911. Look somebody in the eye, point at them, and say, go call 911. You know, what are you going to do? I'm going to call 911. Perfect. Call 911. So that's, you know, that, that clarity of direction is very important. In, in emergencies, that's much different than a coaching situation. Mm-hmm. In a coaching situation, you've got time to analyze or look back on it. In an emergency situation, sometimes you have to make quick decisions. Very good. So that's the, that's the important key. Okay, the last one, number six. The last one, and it's very easy, and I, and I love this one. He says, scientific management of people should be called behavior modification. He believes that's more appropriate, and I, and I believe him so heartedly because 
you know, really what managing people is is trying to be- modify their behavior so they work together in teams, uh, that they want to get these tasks or jobs done. Though That's what we're trying to do. And so I just loved his his the way he looked at the world and just these you know believing the right things for success as a manager if you if you adopt these beliefs i truly believe it's going to help you identify how you can coach more effectively and that's what we're here to do is help people improve their coaching skills again the author is it is ferdinand fornays he's actually in his middle initial is f so it's ferdinand f fornays and he wrote the book coaching for improved work performance and it's excellent um, it's a, it's it's kind of dated. It's probably about twenty years ago that it was written, but it's a it's an excellent excellent book. It's a real straightforward to the facts to the point. I mean, even the titles really on on the money, isn't it? <laughs> it I mean, is. I, I love it because yeah, you know that's the that's what we want to do as coaches is change that gap between what they're doing right now, their performance they have right now, to their potential, and that's why this podcast is called Coaching for Potential because we want to change that gap. Because if you've got a wide gap, then your team is performing at a less effective measure than somebody else's team. And as a coach, you want to try to get your team to perform at the highest level. So you, you've given us some, some ideas, some books and everything, but mm-hmm. how can people ask you personally how for help? How do they get a hold of you? That's a great question, and they can get a hold of Thanks. me at com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-O-W-L-A-N-D. Dot com and they can get a hold of me and I've got a whole host of coaching clients that I work with. I do have a whole host of speaking engagements. I'd love to help out. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for Coaching for Potential. Great job, Rory. Thank you very much. Thank you, Paul. Great job. We'll see you next time. You bet. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.